The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Soulful Living on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Terry Williams. Hey, wherever you are in the world today, I welcome you to another 30 minutes of Soulful Living here at Empower Radio. I am really excited about my guest today, Rochelle Calvert. We're going to talk about her book. Um, I'm going to look at the name. I want to make sure I get it right. (laughs) Healing with Nature, Mindfulness and Somatic Practices to Heal from Trauma. I'm a little emotional because I feel like we have had the most traumatic year of our life here in the United States. And for me personally, I've had two years of one thing after another. And one of my greatest tools for healing has been nature. Mm -hmm. I have also been fascinated with the somatic practices, which I explained to Rochelle, I know absolutely nothing about. So with that said, Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited about the tools you're going to offer to us today. Thank you, Terry. Thank you for having me to share this with your community and this audience. Yeah, so let's just dive right in. Um, Let me just say, listeners, I will have all of Rochelle's information on the website. She has a PhD. She is brilliant. And the work that you're going to be exposed to today is amazing. So with that said, let's dive in. What is trauma? Yeah, so I am very intentional through this book and the work that I share with people that I want to broaden the definition of trauma, that a lot of us often think about trauma very classically or kind of clinically, um, thinking that it's got to be a trauma if I went through a physical or a sexual assault or I was at war and in combat or was, you know, involved in a serious disaster. Um, But really, when we consider that there is a definition of trauma that basically when we're in an experience that causes a significant distress so there's some Mm -hmm. kind of a unexpected significant distress and we really didn't have at that moment the resources to cope to manage what we needed to through that experience and we felt overwhelmed we felt disconnected from ourselves we really just couldn't get back to baseline in the in the way that we might normally be able to do that 
begins to widen what it might really mean to have experienced a trauma. And like you were sharing at the beginning, this last year has been full of trauma after trauma after trauma at the collective level. And so by that definition alone, and so then you begin to think, well, we've all been in that for this last year. And did we really have the resources? Were we able to get through it? Maybe we did to some degree, maybe we really struggled. Um, And then again, just more beyond the collective to the personal, this can range from, you know, challenges where we might have had difficulties with emotional abuse, like bullying or Mm -hmm. challenges in being in relationships or um, a loss, an unexpected loss can often um, evoke a significant trauma reaction. And the climate crisis is another place that um, we can begin to feel the effects of that, like um, being pained by it or being in the midst of it, whatever that might be. And so I I feel like I want to encourage people to really begin to view that Trauma isn't something we need to see as stigmatizing or see as something that is a problem. It really is just the simple fact, and it's probably true for all of us that at least one point in our life, even if we just count the last year, we've been through a traumatic experience and to begin to relate to it differently so we can heal from it. Yeah, as as a shamanic practitioner, one of my greatest offerings to my clients is a soul retrieval or a shamanic rebirthing. And some of my clients will say, well, I've had a great life. I don't have any trauma. And you know, I say everybody experiences trauma differently. Maybe as a kid, you fell off your bike, right. you know, or maybe um, when you were in that little group of uh, friends in middle school, mm-hmm. somebody might have made fun of you in public or, you know, said hi to you in a way that hurt you in deeply and for so many years we were told to just get over it move on from our trauma and the practices that you offer allow us to embrace them and gently hold them and breathe through them out in nature yeah 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 and I think yeah to your point too of of that every person's experience is different. You know, some person who falls off a a bike may experience trauma and somebody who falls off a bike may not. And it's, it really is individual and it's okay to let yourself identify for you what that actually means. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes they'll say, well, I wasn't abused or bullied or, you know, in a war zone or, and, and this year I tell people, I'm like, no, for God's sake, you're in a pandemic where, We don't know what's real. Everything's coming at us. And many of us have lost loved ones through all of it. So it's present, even whether it's hearing it through our friends, it's present. And um, I love the steps that you offer, you know, from, you know, it's broken down into four parts, but each part has a chapter and it ranges from breath work to the mystery of life, embracing the mystery. So there's something in there that we can use to move through those aspects and maybe relearn these tools. Yeah, definitely. And I think to what you're pointing to, that the book allows the reader to scaffold their way through to explore what they want to explore you know Mm -hmm. that we can we can learn how to pick one you know maybe front and center trauma that we really want to work on and it could just simply be wow it's been a tough year i i didn't deal well with the isolation the isolation could have felt traumatic and 
use the practices to support healing that and come into a healthier relationship with yourself and ideally transforming what might be stuck and mm-hmm. not letting you live fully. So I'm going to jump into my that word, somatic practices. What are somatic practices? Yeah, this is another word that I feel like has gotten clinically <laughs> not represented correctly. Um, so somatics in general is the awakening of the body. And it's a really simple way to understand. Yeah. We are pretty, you know, head livers. We organize ourselves through our daily activities, through our brain and our mind, rather than really learning how to be present in one's body, fully embodied and alive with the potency of the fullness of the body to then begin to kind of live from that place. And somatic experiencing is a trauma-informed therapy that was um, developed by a gentleman named Peter Levine about 30-ish years ago now. And what he recognized was actually that the natural world has such a great um, capacity to kind of after a traumatic event, shake itself off, reorganize itself and get back to business. But human beings don't have that capacity. Mm-hmm. And so learning how to re-inhabit the body is really what um, the primary impetus of that informed approach is. And what we do know is that when we have traumatic events and we didn't have a chance to restore regulation and balance from it in a healthy way, it becomes stuck in the body. And then as a result of being stuck in the body, we're engaging in certain patterns of thinking, of emotion, of behaviors that don't really serve us. So these practices of somatic healing help you learn how to be present again in the body, learn how to identify where the trauma in the body might be stuck, learn some skillful ways to reorganize and release that to step back into your life. And we do that all within the container of nature. So my work with um, patients, as well as personally from my own experiences, you know, trauma work can be tough. Like we, it's, it's, it takes a lot of courage to turn inwards and face whatever it is we need to heal. And so this container that Mother Earth, nature, this beautiful sense of um, aliveness that's already here. If we can learn how to be present with that and use that as a resource, as a way to explore these practices, what I found quite a number of years ago was easier for clients. And so that was one of the many reasons that um, this came to fruition to want to support people to heal with nature, that there were skillful ways we could support doing this work. I liked two of the examples that you presented in the book. One of them was uh, your own experience of witnessing nature after a fire and how um, like a bunny came peeking out. But eventually everything in that field started to rejuvenate itself. You know, my my husband's a firefighter and we talk about how when there's fires in nature, um, it, it yes, it's devastating. Absolutely. Can't can't disagree with its devastation. It's also phenomenal how nature has the ability to rebuild and that even within the confines of that fire, sometimes when you move away the ashes, you'll see green already sprouting through. Um, And the other thing was you talked about one of your own clients who at first was very uh, apprehensive about even closing her eyes. Mm -hmm. But 
through walking with you in nature and meditating in nature, she was able to really reconnect with her physical body and her emotional body and dive into the practice deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's what's really beautiful about hopefully each person's journey on their experience of these practices is that we're finding what our own nervous system, what our sense of embodiment really needs. Right. And, and nature, as you were pointing out in the example of, you know, once she's experienced a trauma, she rallies the resources, they all work together and it continues to thrive. And so there's a way that we can do that as well. If we can lean into whatever it is that we might need. And so the, the book explores different ways that you can, you know, learn that maybe you really connect to feeling very held by, you know, the earth and that really becomes a great resource for you to do this work. Or maybe you really find that your nervous system really enjoys being by body of water. And so there's lots of different ways that, um, again, we can discover what makes sense for probably the experience of the trauma that we had, and as well our own just kind of unique sense of what and how we're gonna feel most connected to heal. Mm -hmm. So you incorporate breath work, Mm -hmm. um, mindfulness, Tell me what mindfulness looks like for you. Yeah. Um, mindfulness in nature. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, so I'm smiling because the definition of mindfulness is so vast that it's really <laughs> difficult to capture in one simple sentence, but I will offer one that I do offer in the book, which is just simply uh, clear and kind awareness to our experience of what's here. And mindfulness in nature invites us that we can be clear and kindly present to the inner experience with the support of this beautiful outer container. Really, when we practice mindfulness, we can learn this deep sense of connection to the inner and the outer and realize they're not separate. And that has a very potent healing potential for us. And when we can, you know, like this is my garden in my backyard and I sit here most days and, you know, present to my breath with the breath that's offered from these plants Mm -hmm. is a very different intimacy and a different kind of embodied connection to myself and to where I am and to how I can heal, right? And so this inclusion of all of the different forms of what nature might support us with to be present inwardly just just allows, I think, a deeper sense of that interconnection and intimacy for healing. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, you talk a little bit about the uh, reciprocity, you know, like when you were talking about sitting there with your your plants and um, absorbing that, what we give back to the plants as is equally as beautiful of a process, you know, the um, shamanic world, we call it Aini, you know, and, mm-hmm. and in yogics, they call it A-Y-N-I and it's just that perfect symbiotic reciprocity that we can give to nature and nature gives to us oxygen and you know carbon dioxide right? (laughs) Yeah exactly reciprocity that we give to each other and how much we need each other so it makes sense that we have this beautiful opportunity to heal within that that we don't always think about because we're always enclosed in these we tend to think of it as we have to heal in these within these four walls yeah exactly yeah and we forget that 
it's really as simple as getting next to the window and opening the door. <laughs> yeah. And we're we're so easily drawn to what she offers us for healing. You know, it's like it doesn't take much and I walk out here and I see a new leaf or a new color or a new and it's like, of course, you know, I'm pulled right into that relationship of being here, being with myself, being with the sense of what's here. So it's a very easy, I think, a natural doorway for people to experience healing. Yeah, I love what you said just a second ago about seeing what what's out there, you know, and um, in the book, you talk about seeing a bud, you know, being aware of just seeing that bud. And as you practice it more and more, those things come into your awareness and you can appreciate them easier. I'm out. I start my day outside. Mm. Um, Unless it's below zero, I start my day outside. And it can be like that here in Michigan. I'm sure you don't experience that. Not, not here. <laughs> you know, it, it can be. And I, I take my dogs and head outside mm-hmm. every day with my coffee. That's my morning moment of Zen and mindfulness. Um, but people get so hung up on what mindfulness looks like, and you make it easy. Mm, thank you. Yeah, yeah. and it, it really can be it doesn't I think have to be this perfect you know sitting still in a quiet room all things perfectly right it can be this one form but there's also this you know amazing form of lying on the earth on a patch of grass or resting your body against a tree or you know, marveling at the sky, right? Just lying and allowing and eyes open, resting in the vastness, right? And how that might help, again, support a a greater sense of being in our bodies and being able to work and heal with whatever is going on. Mm, Yeah, that's beautiful. Again, listeners, I'm chatting with Rochelle Calvert. We're talking about healing with nature. And not just her book, but the many opportunities that she has available. Um, personally, I saw a couple courses on her website that I would love to dive into. And um, you have a couple retreats coming up as well that are live re- live, yes, live in person. person. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about those. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so in August, late August, um, I will be at the Rocky Mountain Ecodharma Center. Um, it's a beautiful um, lodge and vast land. I think they have about 50 acres that we have access to to, to practice and to be together. Um, and that entire retreat is on this book. It is um, dealing with nature and exploring the various um ways we can integrate that into our healing and then i have another in-person retreat which i'm very excited about that is right before the thanksgiving holiday um out at uh the ghost ranch which is in new mexico kind of between santa fe and taos it's georgia o'keefe's beautiful ranch and we will be at the base of those exquisite mountains to be able Mm. to that she painted that um we will be able to practice um same healing with nature we'll be exploring the book um and then the last thing to maybe share is in october i will be holding an online live um weekly six-week course on this book um, that people can join from anywhere. So if they're unable to travel, they can um, just join me virtually as we're all pretty familiar with this past year. We sure um, are. 
to be able to explore the teachings in the book as well. And I, I'm also in the process, hopefully by the end of the summer, um, if none of those options were to work, um, I'm going to create a standalone course that will accompany the book, that if people want to read the book and be able to take um, a course with me but can't because of the timing, sit with me, um, that they'll be able to have access to that. So that's, stay tuned for that. That's coming. <laughs> Beautiful. I, I might be one of those. I would love to do all of them, especially <laughs> the Georgia O'Keeffe. That just sounds amazing. And what a perfect time to offer that, like right before Thanksgiving, because when you come out of that, you'll have so much to be grateful for. Yeah. Like that just gives me chills from head to toe. <laughs> That's really beautiful. Um, so you offer so many different practices within your work. Can um, do, do you hold private sessions? Yeah, definitely. Home? Yeah. Yeah. I, I work with clients actually around the country and then locally. And I'm, I'm actually in transition with my own life. I've been living in San Diego for 20 years, but I'm relocating as of September to Taos, New Mexico. So oh, one of the reasons I'll be teaching out there quite a bit more. Um, but yes, absolutely. All virtual these days um, or in person, if you were in that neck of the woods. And um absolutely to reach out for me for that kind of support as well. Beautiful. So some of the um, titles that drew me within the book were when you got to the part about um, healing your connections and living with integrity and healing the earth. And my very favorite one was the last one, which I have not read yet. trusting the mystery (laughs) so since i haven't gotten that far will you expand upon that give me a teaser about what i'm gonna experience in trusting the mystery yeah (laughs) (laughs) well it's all divine so we'll just we'll just start there but um yeah that last section of the book is dedicated to inviting us that as we become more embodied and healed from our trauma that we have the potency and the potential to create ripple effects in many different directions whether that's in our immediate community the way we're living in the in our lives the way we connect to the earth and then the last chapter that you're pointing to is and so now what (laughs) so if i'm really you know deeply present with myself and feeling this ability to offer and extend the potency of my healing in different directions, what else can I wake up to? And maybe there are doorways that we begin to flicker into where we touch the spirit or we touch the sense of, you know, how there's really energetic life in everything, you know, and and trusting that, you know, I just as an example, these ferns behind me and a few of my aloe plants have been passed down for generations in my family and they have traveled with me in my gardens. And I, I, you know, when I'm really deeply embodied and present, I can feel that energetic expression and spirit and connectivity beyond what the plant actually is in its literal form. And so that mystery of that last chapter is really just awakening to what what are those right like sometimes we go oh I, and we just dismiss like that little you know intuitive messaging you know some sense of that divine mystery that's there for us to begin to really potently feel and sense and connect to and that uh we have the opportunity as we heal in this way to connect to that and sense that and 
absolutely taste that in a real way. So mm. I'm pointing to that in that chapter. I love that. And I love the language using the word taste. I will often say to my clients, you know, this is an opportunity to taste something completely different, just like you would on a hot day, you know, have never had a taste of a mango, take a bite into it and see what it's like. Right. Exactly. This, this practice and healing with nature and you provide various tools, you know, various scenarios to be able to taste what works for you. And I loved that you uh, talk about basically take what works and leave the rest. Yeah. You know, this is insight. This is information. And you found it works for yourself. You found it works with your clients. Um, it's an opportunity to taste it, tweak it just like a recipe and make it work for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I actually feel like my deepest hope with the potential of this book is that it does just that, that it really lets us taste our own unique flavor and connection to the beautiful world and have that reciprocity to give back from that particular place. And, and that these are ways to enter into that experience. Yeah. And you also talk about how when you heal yourself, you have the potential to heal that around you. And to me, that's a beautiful reciprocity. Yeah. Yeah. Healing yourself and then healing the things around you. Okay. Well, <laughs> Michelle, we're down to the wire. I think we only have a minute or two left. And uh, listeners, I want to remind you, come back to the Soulful Living page here at Empower Radio. Look at all of Rochelle's information. Visit her page. And if you're inspired, take one of her online classes. Definitely grab the book, Healing with Nature. I want to get the title correct. Um, Mindfulness and Somatic Practices to Heal from Trauma. We all need that right now more than ever. Um, and if you are inspired to take one of our online classes, message me because maybe I'll take it with you, right? I, I'm excited about that. Um, and Rochelle, I love for my guests to leave the listeners with something to take out into the day to mm. elevate their soul, maybe to help them heal a little bit. What would that be for you? Mm. Yeah, I think I would just invite today or as the week unfolds, whatever allures you in nature, let it allure you into yourself. Like, you know, if I see a beautiful color, can I stay present with it long enough to feel what happens inside my body, to feel how that nourishes, to feel how it heals, even if it's just for 20 seconds, right? Or maybe you stay longer, but that 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 potential is here we just need to slow into it and to be present and to let ourselves somatically wake up to that and as we've been discussing feel that reciprocity and see what emerges from there what beautiful mystery that's beautiful and what a huge opportunity to be mindful of everything around you Thank you so much for being here with me today. And I will be in touch with you along the way. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. Thank you, Rochelle. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, it's Radley Valentine 
Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.